You're listening to the Soul Strategies Podcast with your hosts, Z Cohen Sanchez and Chris Abramson. If you're running for office or thinking about it, you're in the right place. We hope you enjoy the latest episode and thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. I'm just going to be sharing this real quick. Like always, we'll wait for folks to jump on. I hope our uh, title and uh, description of the live was clickbaity and alluring enough. <laughs> Will your campaign survive a Trump 2020 presidency? Tune in here to find out. Totally. Cool. What do people do with this like beginning dead time? What do people do? Um, introduce and oftentimes uh, some people who go live a lot will encourage people to go to Soul Strategies uh, Facebook and give it a like and a follow so you know when we're live next time. Do that. And I hope, <laughs> I hope my cat doesn't knock over our camera really quick. He's really interested in it. Um, yeah, go to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just give it a follow, give it a like. That way you'll know when we're um, serving up hot tea on local politics, when we're um, giving out free tips and tricks to do a better campaign, uh, advice on like what seat you should run for. We do all sorts of cool, informative uh, podcasts. Aren't we, we're on various podcasts? Uh, yes, we're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, I think that's a thing. Um, Pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, we're there. Great. And uh, we um, we definitely post that up usually night of. So if you ever do miss a, an episode, then you can catch it there later. Great. Which is super exciting. Fantastic. Awesome. So I've shared this now. So yeah, Great. let's get started. Let's talk. Yeah, we're going to be talking about um, what does your campaign look like in a Trump presidency versus a Biden presidency? Um, this is a question we get a lot. It's pressing. Yeah. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> Here we are. It's probably one of the most expensive, you know, not probably, it's, it's going to be the most expensive election uh, in human history. Uh, there's so much corporate interest and uh, so much at stake, I think, uh, that it's like a tidal wave, like coming. You know what I mean? It's that is the feeling I get, um, and just what I see happening. So, uh, yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on that? With the just massive expense of uh, what's going to be happening. You know, it's interesting because you know, in 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 the United States of America, we have the most expensive elections in the world, right? It's uh, we we outspend every country sometimes ten twenty to one, and it's you know you would think that at some point we would fizzle out of that because at some point like you're gonna sort of hit a, a point where it just doesn't it doesn't work anymore because there's just I mean there's too much money flowing in and out of these elections but it's it's really just gotten worse and worse right um, and so not to say that it's it's a terrible thing to have money in a campaign because obviously we wouldn't do what we do if we thought that to be true mm -hmm. but there is I mean I think that we both agree that the type of money matters. Where is that money coming from? Um, you know, a lot of folks that we get on the phone with are really concerned about where their money is coming from, and we think that that's fantastic because you should be concerned about where your money is coming from. There's a huge difference on if you're taking money from unions, um, you know, regular everyday working class folks, uh, organizations that agree politically with you, than if you're taking it from millionaires and billionaires. 
is. Um, and that's really sort of sort of the breakdown of that is, you know, the money, not only is this the most expensive election, but where the money is coming from has gone more towards corporations than it ever has right. and, and is continuing to go down that route. And so we're not here to tell you to go down that route. In fact, we're telling you quite the opposite. Um, but we are saying that you do need to be focused on money. Um, it is it is just, I mean, the reality is, is that it's it's a huge part of this, this current election and it's going to continue to be a big part of our future elections. Right, because the progressive candidates are going to have to out-fundraise uh, the most funded political representatives uh, from the establishment ever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. That's going to be a lot of work. You know, a lot of people say to you that, you know, the a big concern is well you know how much money you raise on a campaign doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win that's true right i mean just because you outraise an incumbent does not necessarily mean that you have the ability to win but what it does mean is that when things get thrown at you that you're able to respond to them right so like if a negative ad comes your way you're able to respond to it Right. Um, I know it's a little bit off topic from what we're talking about, but it does really tie in because, as we've said, this is the most expensive election in American history. So let's talk a little bit about what <laughs> it's. I, I feel like we're going to look back on this in the next couple of years and we're going to be like, oh, my God, if there is a next couple of years. But, right, um, right. Uh, you know, yes. it's we're, we're in a really I mean, we're in a weird time, my friends. Mm -hmm. We're in a weird time. Most certainly. Uh, yeah, it's funny that, um, you know, we kind of racked our brains a little bit for like differences that would pop out in a Trump campaign versus a Biden campaign. And please, like, if you have anything you want to say, uh, comments are, are on there. Uh, I see we got some, some people that I know watching. Feel free to drop a comment if you, you know, want to throw something out as a topic about differences. But mostly what we came up with were similarities. Um, you know, this giant influx of corporate money is gonna happen on both sides. Uh, the establishment Democrats are gonna get fantastically funded. Uh, the uh, establishment Republicans and you know, even the, the far right are gonna get extremely well funded. Uh, and you know, that's just, it, it really is beholden to progressives that, that don't sit on either side uh, of those you know camps to really dig in their heels and dig deep and run campaigns that are effective and, and basically just seize those seats um, you know carpe de political seat because <laughs> really. you know they just we're gonna have to go in there and, and kind of grab it I mean or it's just going to fall to that money uh, money is a necessary part of running a successful campaign mm -hmm. it also is a way that people will bury you if they have ties to very wealthy very important people and the establishment's been operating the way that it's been operating for a really long time just because you know it's been established that way definitely they will use their power and money and influence to bury progressive candidates they want to talk about you know the stuff we need to hear like police reform uh, or abolishing the police or abolishing ice or closing detention centers or any of the things that you know decriminalizing uh, drugs the things that various seats can do mm -hmm. uh, you know yeah so I know a lot of people at this point too and not to sort of shift the subject but I, I know a lot of people that are probably watching this are really upset about what happened to Bernie and so I think we should talk a little bit about that yeah um, but 
you know, I think that, you know, from a perspective of somebody that did a lot of work on that campaign, not just in 2020, but also 2016, and that has been involved with progressives, very like-minded to Bernie for a very long time. You know, Bernie, we, we sort of knew what was gonna happen when we went into it, right? Like we all sort of had the feeling that it, we, we were gonna essentially have a repeat of 2016. And we, we didn't know exactly how that was gonna look, um, which was sort of the question that was up in the air. But the question of, is this going to happen? Is Bernie going to be screwed out of this position? The answer was always going to be yes, at least in my mind. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of folks that have sort of done this work and sort of really understand this work. Um, but I also want to really remind folks that when Bernie stepped down in 2016, and I believe he said this again when he stepped down in 2020, that not me us isn't just a slogan. Not me us means that we all need to play our part and we need to be part of this political revolution. The political revolution is not Bernie Sanders. Bernie's a bigger head of the political revolution, no sure, doubt. So, sure. But so are folks like AOC and so are folks like Ilhan Omar and Cori Bush now who just you know had an awesome election. Um, and by the way, Cori Bush, for those of you guys who aren't following Cori Bush, um, took out not just an incumbent, not just a long-term incumbent, but somebody who is literally part of a dynasty. Like his, I know that his father was in that seat before him. I think his grandfather was somehow involved. Um, wow. It was a lot, like 50 plus years of the Clay dynasty and she was able to break through. And yeah, she wasn't able to break through the first time, but how many times did Bernie run? I mean, I, I saw the other day, there was an article um, that Bernie had put out there, I think it was, oh sorry, not Bernie, but the, like the Vermont, Vermont Review or one of those like local papers in Vermont, in Burlington, and it was in 1978, and at that point Bernie, I think he got like under 10% of the vote or something the first time he ran, uh -huh. um, and continued to run and continued to run, ended up winning <laughs> his mayoral seat by less than 10 votes. Um, and then has, you know, obviously worked his way up to Congress, to the Senate, and then obviously, you know, the last two attempts at the presidency, which he should have won. And that is how um, you get your talking points down perfectly without changing them for so very many years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and well, and it's really true. That is yeah. su such a fact. And you know, when Bernie ran in 2016, he asked everybody to step up and run. And about 7,000 people or 8,000 people signed up that day on the website. I remember following you very closely. And they signed up to run for all different types of positions. And that's the energy that we that we work with. Those are the folks that we want to we want to see really come to fruition and make this happen. Um, but in order to do that, you got to do it right, yeah. which is what we're here to to talk about. Um, a lot of people are really really fearful of the next couple weeks, but let me tell you, it's going to be a lot longer than that. I hate to be the um, bearer of bad news, but uh, the reality is <laughs> um, it's going to be a lot longer than that. So Trump has said that he's not willing to step down from his seat. And, right. um, you know, he might not have said this quote unquote directly, but he's implied it many times. Um, he's confirmed that he's implied it. So the reality is, is that Democrats in, in pretty much every Democratic state at, the, at this point, it's mail-in voting, right? Um, which we can have a whole live just on mail-in voting, whether you agree with that or not. We're not really here to talk about that. Um, but, you know, the reality is that that's the way that it is right now. Republican states are still voting in person. So on election night, um, in a couple weeks, uh, we are gonna see that 
most of the states that come in for Trump initially are going to be Republican states. Right. And he's going to win in those. Right. Obviously. He's yes. the Republican candidate. Right. Um, and a lot of the mail-in ballot states, Oregon, where we're at right now, is one of them, um, Washington, a whole bunch of states in this country, some of them that have more more voters than any other Republican state are not going to be counted. Um, some some of them could not be counted until the end of November. There are right. some states, I think Washington's one of them, there are a couple states where they can't even begin to count the early ballots until the night of November uh, November 4th of the election. So right. it's it's really important to, to realize that. And when we talk to a lot of folks, they're like, I really want to run for office, but I got to wait until this election's over. So what would you tell them, Chris? Um, I mean, you know, I think it's there... It, we're beholden to do things as quickly as we can. Like, there's no time to waste on, you know, changing environmental policy, on changing, you know, police accountability policy, drug policy. So much of our democracy and, you know, our the political machine is just fueled by, like, essentially antics and money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people that understand what other people in their community need because they're a part of it, I mean, we just, you know, we, we're beholden to go in there and, and fight as soon as we can with everything that we've got. If, especially Trump is threatening to erode pretty heavily our democracy by essentially just not accepting that we may not um, vote again for him. So, yeah. you know, I think it's a really important time ASAP. I remember the thing, you know, we're mentioning Bernie Sanders a lot in this life. I don't know why, but... Um, <laughs> so we like, love Bernie. Yeah, because <laughs> Bernie got a bird on his podium, and Pence got a fly on his head, and it's like, nature knows. Uh, <laughs> damn. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I remember this, the, the, like, old TV shows that Bernie used to do, where he would just, like, roll Bernie up on talks. people. Bernie talks. Yeah. I love it. He would it. just, like, roll up on people, and, uh, you know, that... That is essentially, like, he was canvassing. I mean, he was, he yeah. was basically canvassing. That's exactly so. what he was doing. And yeah. he was just doing it on video, which is hilarious because... Back uh, in the 80s, too. Yeah, totally. So, like, totally. the video quality was horrible. Yeah. You couldn't hear, like, every second. You could only get so every great. second word. It's so great. I mean, even <laughs> then, it's like he understood the, uh, the power of tapping into the grassroots and really, like, being that candidate that can understand the needs of your community because you're a part of it. Um, and we need to bring that back. Like, it can't be just... Like, that's why Soul Strategies exists, because, you know, we're here to bring you the skills that uh, really well-funded campaigns have and that they use to be successful and to win, but to do it at a price that you can afford um, so that you can be the next person who can actually, you know, change that law and make the future better. Uh, and so, as far as, like, when people should get involved, I think, you know, we're beholden to right now. That's all we really have. That it's true. And you know, it's a lot of people, especially, you know, we've mentioned this quite a few times, but I'll continue to mention it, that in the progressive community, we, we have a real issue with the idea of money and like what that means. Um, not everybody, but a lot of folks are afraid of taking money. Um, they're afraid of, of, you know, having that abundance. And I think that you know, that fear can come from all sorts of places. No matter who you are, uh, whoever is watching this right now, you have some type of fear around money. Everybody does. I do, you do, we all do. Um, and that can stem from a, a million different things. That can stem from maybe you didn't have enough of it. Maybe you had a lot of it, but it didn't do what you needed it to do. It could be so many different things. But the idea is, is that we have to really sort of get over this hump. And there are ways to do that. There is a lot of mindset work that we do when you work with us about, um, you know, getting over that hump of the, of the fear of money and what that means. And so, 
you know, the whole goal isn't just for you to make money, just to have money in your campaign. The goal is to use that money for organizing. So when we talk about, well, you know, the most funded campaign doesn't necessarily win, you're right. I mean, that's true. But what, what does happen is, you know, if you have the money and you use that money correctly, that's when you see winners, right? So you can't just make the money and sit on it. That's not, that's not the sort of campaigns that we run. And a lot of incumbents, by the way, do that. Yeah. And it's really, and it's, you know, it's, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't understand, like, if you have money, why, why wouldn't you use it for your campaign? And right. there can be a lot of reasons why. Um, I mean, yeah. if you're Ted Wheeler, you just give yourself $150,000. I was thinking about that when I said Sorry, that. I it's so hard not to, not to rag on Ted just, Wheeler. Just, but, give, um, just loan yourself. You yeah, know? <laughs> but for Sarah. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it's that's that's exactly what happens, right? Is that it, the, the way that the money goes out the door is, is so important. Yeah. Um, and Bernie has done that so fabulously well, and, and so many other progressives have too that have yeah. done this correctly. Yeah. Um, but at the end, of the day we're organizers we believe in organizing but we also know as organizers that that costs a lot of money organizing costs money and it takes time yes which is also money it takes work yeah. I and mean, that's it you can't just it doesn't money doesn't fall out of the sky you have to go get it and mm -hmm. it is absolutely there for you when you cast your net um it's it's fantastic i mean your ability you know all the establishment democrats even and uh a lot of even progressives are kind of just slippery. It's really hard for them to actually get into their community. I mean, it just brings to mind somebody we were just talking about, but it's really hard for them to get actually into their community. And like, even if they label themselves as a progressive Democrat or, or whatever, an establishment Democrat, um, they're not likely to really show their face around places unless it's a PR move. And, you know, having people that, that, that can do that, like that can actually reach out to folks and really hear them. Um, when you cast that kind of net, you know, it's it's really, really profitable. It's really, really effective. Like, you know, it may not be, like it takes humility and humbleness to like do call time and just like call a hundred people a day and, and talk to, you know, some like little old lady's issues about her community and like hear her and like, you know, uh, a black indigenous person of color, hear their issues about their community all the different range of different people that could live where you live. Um, it takes like work, time, money, effort. It doesn't just fall out of the sky, but um, but I, I don't know. I think reaching out to the grassroots that way when you are teamed up with a, a group who knows what they're doing and you're doing it correctly, it's far more effective than the top-down uh, corporate model that, you know, I mean, Bernie proved that, he raised more money. Yeah, exactly. So that's that. I mean, and Bernie started, I, I read an awesome article about Bernie um, just a couple months ago that was in the New York Times that I suggest everybody read where, I can't remember the title of it, but it was something to the effect of how Bernie started his campaign in a, um, in a public service laundry room um, in, in public housing, right? So he used to just like sit in, in the public housing laundry room like talk to people that would come in there and do their laundry because it made sense right like yeah. people had so much time they were they doing their laundry they're not Stop. doing anything else huh. this was the 80s they didn't have like phones gotcha to now. play on um smart and, canvassing. yeah very smart canvassing yeah, well. um but again like you know when when you're tapping into the grassroots like that to there, there's so much money to be made in that and and not money and we're not saying like to take advantage of that or to feel to feel like you're taking advantage of that people want to donate to you Right. Like they really do. They people want, the want 
Exactly, and not everybody wants to run for office, but they want to support folks that that will run for office. And that means something. It means something to the people to be an early donor. It means something to be able to, you know, really support that person throughout their journey. And then to see the, the effect of that in their community. That's yeah. really what... It's empowering. It's very empowering for people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what we need more of. Yeah. So people think that there's no money out there, but if that was the case, then Trump and Biden wouldn't be raising billions of dollars right now. I've knocked on so many doors and made so many campaign phone calls that the person had essentially never been reached out to by anybody. Mm -hmm. That happens all the time. And it just it boggled my mind. I like knock on their door, you know, they come to the door, hear my little spiel or whatever, give me, you know, their $50 political tax credit or whatever, mm -hmm. and... You know, and it's and they don't really even want to hear much about it. And I'm kind of like, what inspired you to give today? And they're like, well, this is the first time anyone ever actually just reached out to me like this. So <laughs> I'm just gonna get behind you because that's kind of right? yeah, because yeah. like it's the first time anyone's actually walked all the way up the driveway to knock on this door. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, yeah. That's so just, how do you think the political landscape's gonna look if if Biden wins versus versus Trump? I mean, do you think that it's gonna significantly shift things? Um, what do you think? I mean, at the at the risk of sounding really bleak, I feel like it could be worse or worser. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, I don't know what to say. I just think, um, regardless, as much as I rack my brain for, like, differences or things that, that will be, you know, that will change the political landscape, it's like, all I can really think of is similarities and ways that, like, no matter what, it's just really important. If you believe in certain campaign platforms like a green new deal mm -hmm. or like universal you know healthcare for everybody if you believe in um you know abolishing ice or as little as police reform let alone abolishing the police and redistributing those funds back to communities that have been you know impacted like if you believe in these platforms regardless you're going to have to get involved because the Biden machine isn't going to stop the $9 billion a year deportation machine that allows the ICE camps to become extremely profitable. Yeah, they're not. Biden's they're not, not going to stop private prisons that drive, um, you know, selective enforcement of laws that, uh, you know, disproportionately affect people of color. Biden's not going to stop that train. No, definitely not. Well, that's, that's true. They're not. So, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're a local citizen or you're thinking about running or you're in the running or you're getting there, you should reach out to us because uh, we can help you make it look really, really nice and be successful and win and look the way that it should. And it's really beholden to us. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. If you've never, and that, and that's the thing is that, so, you know, as I said, we've had a lot of folks that have reached out that said, you know, I, I want to start this, but I feel like I need to wait until the 2020 election's over. And so what would you tell them, Chris? Mm. I mean, yeah, if, if you can wait to run, you should still start building right now is your building phase then because mm -hmm. I have definitely seen a campaign take a year to plan yeah oh yeah all the time all the time especially if, it, if you're running for federal office yeah just sit and plan for a year and a lot of, yeah a lot of mm -hmm. people think too that they there's this like correlation between starting your campaign and announcing your campaign and let me just tell you those are two very 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 different things very very different so you might be starting to fundraise now, but you have not announced your campaign and that is completely normal and completely fine. So that's something that's typical. You should actually be doing that. If you're announcing when you don't have any type of money, you don't have any type of infrastructure, you don't have any type of strategy or plan, 
that's not a good that's not a good leg to start right you really need yeah you need to have some money behind you and the reason i say that is because you're going to be filing your reports right for pretty much any office that you're running for you're going to be filing reports if you announce your campaign and you file with zero dollars you're already starting out by people thinking that this is not going to be a serious campaign i mean it sucks to say that because like i wish that that wasn't the case yeah i'm i'm just the messenger i'm just telling you word on the street <laughs> that, that's yeah, what it is definitely because you're you're the incumbent or the pe- the people you're running against are absolutely looking up you know your campaign expenditure report sheet online yeah and and, they, the and, and most incumbents are starting with you know 1.5 sometimes two million dollars cash on hand so it can look embarrassing you don't want that to happen and it doesn't need to happen you don't need to run a campaign that way there's no there's no reason to run a campaign that way. You can easily start your campaign. You might not start with one, $2 million, but like you could have a significant showing. Um, but in order to do that, you gotta learn how to fundraise. Absolutely essential. You have to learn how to fundraise. We talk about this a lot because obviously this is what we do. This is something that we're really passionate about, but fundraising does not need to be painful. No. Everybody hates it yeah. and I get it. Cause I used to hate it too. It used to be like the most dreaded thing ever the idea of fundraising but it doesn't have to be that way right um and it doesn't it's going to continue to be that way and progressives are going to see it that way if they don't get the help that they need if they don't get the training that they need if because essentially i mean would you walk into a computer job on your first day an it professional job with no training (laughs) like you would fail straight away and like it, it wouldn't be helpful to you it wouldn't be helpful to the employer right it wouldn't be helpful to anybody involved so what we're saying is that it doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be a crappy thing that you just have to do because you have to do it. It can be exciting. It can be fun. It can be something that really drives the vision for your campaign. But to do that, you can't you can't go at it alone. Um, I've, right. I've personally never seen anybody successfully fundraise that way. Every person I've seen successfully fundraise from the grassroots has had a lot, a lot of help. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's why we're here. If we can, uh, you know, share our experience of, you know, working in so many different states and so many different races and so many different situ- situations and communities, uh, if we can expedite that process for you and make it, you know, what, what if we can make, you know, a lot of 10 hour projects, one hour projects, because you have our, our help and our guidance, it's like, that's going to save you a lot of hours and a lot of money. So it's worth, you know, investing a little bit if you're serious and, uh, you know, and reaching out to people that are here for you to, uh, to help, you know, expedite those things and make, make it easy for you. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that really sort of to, to wrap this into a little bow mm-hmm. <laughs> is that, you know, whether Trump wins this, I mean, obviously, we're not telling you who to vote for. Personally, I'm very likely voting for Biden. I think that he's the better option. Um, our company would always tell you to vote for the, you know, lesser of two evils in this situation because yeah. I mean, you know, we don't want fascism to happen. Um, that's that's incredibly important. But yeah. um, when we're talking about how this country is going to look in two weeks to four weeks from now, um, whether that is a Biden presidency, um, what we already know that Trump's not going to be stepping down. Um, who knows how that whole process is going to play out. But say that, you know, it's a clear victory, Biden wins the election, right? There is not going to be the change that you think that you're going to see. Don't get complacent. Um, yeah, and and people, there. this is not the time to fall back asleep. Um, we are awake. 
Portland's awake. Um, I think a lot of parts of the country are awake. Uh, we're coming up on something like 120 days of straight protests. Um, other other states are giving us a run for our money too, have been out there pretty much every night since George Floyd was killed brutally by the police. Um, this is not the time to be complacent. We cannot stress that enough. Um, yet things are going to get significantly worse if we have four more years of Trump. Totally get that. that that's definitely going to happen. And if that's the case, um, whether you start, that, that shouldn't be stopping you from starting now, is right. what we're saying. Right. Um, whether Trump wins the election or Biden wins the election is not going to make any difference in your fundraising efforts. It's not going to make any difference in the way that you conduct your campaign. It's not going to make any difference in how you are personally about to really affect your community. Um, you are, if, if you are even thinking about running for office, that is a service to your community and something that people are looking for. And we're here to encourage you to say, to not wait until somebody says it's your turn, not to wait until, you know, Trump or Biden get in or your state senator or, you know, whoever. It, the decision should be yours entirely and the decision should happen um, with urgency. And the urgency is right now. We are in an urgent moment in America and we are, um, you know, we are gently telling you that, that this is an urgent moment and that um, we need leaders that are willing to step up and meet that moment. Okay, so Z, I'm like a viewer. What do I, and I'm like, wow, I'm really, I'm really inspired and impassioned by these people. I want to run. What should I do? Get on the phone with us straight away. Call us. Um, so there's a couple of ways that you can get in touch with us. That's super important. Chris has got a fake phone right over here. You can tell you exactly how to do it. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of ways that you can get in touch with us. Uh, we have a social media staff that is on our social media channels there to answer your questions. That is what they're there to do. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and ask any question that you want um, answered, whether that is you're looking for a specific seat and you don't know the specifics of that seat, you don't know whether you can fundraise now, you have to wait till later when you can register, um, all the sort of nuances that go into that. We have folks that are waiting ready to answer your questions for that. So that's a really important resource to know that you have. Uh, but what is really sort of critical is that you ask them for our direct phone number. And what that will do is it'll put you through to either Chris or myself, um, who will be able to schedule a 15 minute call with you. Another way that you can schedule a call is that you can email us. You can go to info at soul-strategies.com and you can send us an email and say, hey, really interested about XYZ race, or even you might not even know what race you're running in, and that's totally fine, but just that you're interested in running for office and um, you know, ask us when, uh, give us some times that you're available and we will set up a 15 minute call for you totally for free to answer your questions. Sweet. Yeah. That sounds really easy. It is super easy, and don't worry about pricing. This is another thing. We don't consider ourselves to be consultants. I think that consultant, when I think of a consultant, I think of like some like white guy in LA in like an air-conditioned room, like looking down on everybody, telling them like how to run a campaign. That is not what we do. We are boots on the ground. We are a political organization. We do the grunt work. We are affordable for working class people. We do that on purpose. Um, we could charge astronomical amounts of money, but we choose to not do that because we are here to help you guys. So even if you are completely broke, you don't think that you can afford anything, I'm sure that there is something that we can do to help you out. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. So you're 
you can't your campaign can survive a Trump twenty twenty presidency. You just need to call us and work with us and show up to the table looking pretty uh, with a, like a lot in the coffers and boots on the ground and people doing the work that it's going to take to get you there. So much of this work is just showing up. So yep. much of this work is just making the initial call, right? Like it's it's like so much of life. I I think Woody Allen said that. Uh, you know, showing up is like 99% of, of your way to success. Like that is right. so true because so, so many true. people just don't show up. <laughs> and so if you have the ability to show up and that you know that you can do that, um, that's really all it takes. All it takes is showing up. The money we can talk, we, that, that comes later. The process, all of that comes later. We're here to solve the problem. So we want to hear what your problem is and we will help you solve it. Awesome. Speaking of showing up, thank everybody who did show up today. Yeah. Um, that's going to be the live, and uh, keep tuning in. Go to uh, Soul Strategies and give us a follow, and um, go ahead and share the group if you would like. That would be awesome. Make yeah. sure you like the page. And then you can see uh, when we go live, when we talk about things, serve up hot tea on local politics, and talk about different things that your campaign can do to be better. Totally. This was great. Yeah. Thanks, friend. Mm -hmm. Have a good day, everybody.